a lot of religious circles that has lodged in the hearts of uh, many believers, and it is that any time you face a challenge, where's our worship team? Can someone get them out here? Um, that any time you face a challenge or difficulty or chaos in life, that you have opened the door to something, that you have done something wrong, or you failed to do something because you're having a challenge. How many of you have unfortunately suffered under that thought process in life? Um, but sometimes, sometimes that's true. Sometimes you have opened the door and you need to come and you need to repent and you need to get back to God and you need to draw close to God and you need to say you're sorry because of some mistake or sin or whatever, right? But that is not always the case. Sometimes there are harassing spirits and we need to recognize that there are harassing spirits that want to terminate your journey for the Lord, Okay? So today, we're going to talk about those times where the devil is basically just out to torment you, to harass you. Harassing spirits come knocking on the door of your mind, and uh, the devil never gives up. He didn't give up on Jesus, he, tormenting, trying to come against you know, our minds. He never gives up, and we need to never give up. We need, we need to never give up. Every time that things go wrong in our lives, it does not mean that we have messed up somewhere along the line. Beloved, let me ask you a question. Was Jesus perfect? Yes. Jesus was perfect. Was Jesus persecuted? Yes. Jesus was persecuted. Did demons people listening to the devil, people motivated by wrong thinking try to torment him? Yes. yes. Did Jesus say in his word that we would be persecuted? Yes. yes. Harassing spirits come to try to push you off the rock of Jesus. They try to push you off the rock of your foundation. They try to move you off of your faith and what you know to be true in the Word to get you to doubt that you even have faith. How many have been in that place? How many of you have been in a place where you feel harassed and you're like, well, I just must not have any faith? Yeah. That's a tormenting spirit, okay? That's a harassing spirit. Many times when you and I face harassment, it's not because we are doing something wrong. It's because you're doing something very, very right. It's because you're standing. It's because you're trusting the Lord. Sometimes it's because you are doing a lot right. So, the devil comes to harass you, harassing spirits come to get you off the foundation of Jesus because they know that they are defeated unless they can get you 
to change your belief, get you to change your mind, get you to change to get off where you're standing. And they didn't, to get you off your testimony of Christ, how did they overcome? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. He wants you to change your testimony. And the best way for him to cha- help to try to get you to change your testimony is to attack you in your mind. Okay? So harassing spirits want to get rid of you. You're a threat. You are a threat. They want to get rid of you, and they want to get rid of your confession of faith. They want you to doubt that you even have faith. So they lie to you, they whisper in your ear against you, and against the word of God. So what would be some of the things that uh, they might say? They might say, well, you did this wrong. Okay, let's think about this. You did this wrong. You messed this up. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. If you were stronger, you would have done better. If you were smarter, if you had had a different type of degree, if you made more money, you see what they do? Your faith isn't working. You know, we don't always see it immediately, do we? We don't always see the answer immediately. And so they like to tell you that your faith is not working or that your faith isn't strong enough. Don't ever tell anyone their faith is not strong enough. If you believe in Jesus, that's all you need. Don't let anyone ever talk to you and tell you your faith is not strong enough. He has given to everyone the measure of faith. Okay? As long as you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So... Harassing spirits come to harass you in your finances. They'll come to harass you in your career. They'll come to harass you in your relationships. They'll come to harass you in your dreams. Well, you had this dream. Where is it now? How is that dream ever going to come true? Right? And we, we cannot listen to that. The harassing spirits sow seeds of doubt wherever they can. Wherever they can. Are you going to listen? Am I going to listen? No, we're not going to listen. Or, on the other hand, are you going to decree and declare, decree and declare their death by the word of God? I'm going to decree and declare their death by the word of God. I will cast down every evil imagination that exalts itself against the word of God in my life, and I will take it captive to the word of God. That's what we do, beloved. That's what we do. So are we going, when, when things are going rough, when things are not looking good, <clears throat> when we just feel worn out, have any of you ever just felt worn out? Have any of you ever felt like, Man, I just, I just, I just can't do any more. Uh, this, this is, this is overwhelming. When you're feeling overwhelmed, you know you're being harassed, because that does not come from your Lord. So when we get to those types, when we're feeling that way, are we going to grumble and complain? No, we're not going to grumble and complain. Is that what got the Israelites into trouble in the desert? Yeah. They, they, they started speaking words that would uproot the victory, okay? Words that were against God. So they would grumble 
and they would complain. That's what they did, and they continued to circle the mountain. And so the outcome or the, the consequence of your challenge, when you have a challenge, and do we all face challenges? You know, even, even those mighty super-Christians, <laughs> no, they face challenges. Everybody faces challenges. Unfortunately, in some religious circles, we've been told that we're not supposed to speak about that. You know? Yeah, we don't want to speak in agreement with it. That's a whole nother story. Okay, that's why we don't want to grumble and complain because the consequence of our challenge, the outcome of our challenge, depends on where we choose to stand. That's what it depends on. How we choose to believe, how we choose to command into our situation, what we choose to declare and to decree into our challenge. I'm going to decree, I'm going to declare the outcome of God. I'm going to decree, I'm going to declare the word of God. My testimony is going to be that the blood of Jesus defeated it all. My testimony is going to be that the blood of Jesus opened the veil, tore the veil, and I got to walk through with him, seated in heavenly places, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's my testimony. And I'm not going to be moved off it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It really doesn't matter what anybody says to me. And you, you get to do the same thing. You get to come up into the divine. Because that's what the Lord has for you. So the Israelites, they chose to complain and grumble. What did they do? Where's the water? I hate this manna. Can you imagine saying that? For 40 years, you're supplied with manna. I hate this manna. Give me something else. <laughs> Man, if I were being supplied with manna, I would be thrilled. You know? Why did you bring us out into the desert? What, did they already forget how miserable they were in Egypt? Don't ever forget where God has brought you from. Don't ever forget. Yeah, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing, Moses? You bringing us out here into the desert so that we can die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Whoa, how ungrateful. We can't do that, beloved. We can't do that. The devil, the harassing spirits, always want to sow seeds of doubt into your life. They said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God. If, big if. Okay, they're going to do the same thing to you. They're going to want you to question your identity in Christ. Don't do it, beloved. Don't do it. You stand on who you know you are in Christ. You stand and you say, I am a blood-bought child of the living God, and nothing is going to change that in my life. I am protected. The blood is over me. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you can't do anything about it, and he has stripped you of all your authority. He has taken every key away from you. He has translated me from a, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And guess what, harassing spirit? You don't have the key to enter the kingdom. Right? 
That's what we say to him. That's how we live and move and have our being in our Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a good, good God. So we're going to stand in who we are. Are you going to stand in who you are? A blood-bought child of the living God. You must shut harassing spirits down. You shut them down. You shut them down. You close the door. You've gotten the key. It's been taken away from them. Don't give it back. Don't give it back. Okay, I'm going to read here. I'm actually going to read a lot of scripture to you today, so if you plan on being out of here by a certain time, I'm sorry to just sort of like burst your bubble because I don't usually have a clock, and today I particularly don't have a clock. So we're going to go to Luke 4. We're going to read in verse 1. This is the temptation of Jesus. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Jesus got tempted. So you're in good company. It's nothing new. He was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him, led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, he's quoting the word, always quoting the word, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Will the devil try to come back? He did it with Jesus. He's going to do it with you. He's going to do it with me. He's going to try to come back and back and back and back. And every single time, you have to say, no, 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 no. Period. So here we have In verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone. So the, the devil was trying to get him to question God's provision for him. Right? That, that's just one area. There are a lot of areas, but in, in this particular... Turn these breads to stone, to stone. So harassing spirit wants you 
to question God's heart and ability to provide for you in a situation. They want to do that, especially in times of trouble. Verse 5, it said, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. Beloved, did Jesus come? Did Jesus win? Did Jesus go to hell? Was he resurrected? Was he ascended? And is he sitting at the right hand of the Father? Okay, so Satan no longer has this authority. You get that? You need to understand that. In the believer's life, in the believer's life, that authority has been taken. So, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Okay, so Satan was trying to tempt Jesus with a false sense of power and authority. If you worship me. His answer is, we're going to worship God and God alone. I'm going to worship God and God alone. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the only one who deserves our worship. We will not idolize, listen, listen. We will not idolize the devil. We will not idolize harassing spirits in our thought life by giving them the time of day. We're not going to do that. We're not going to give them the time of day. We're not going to give them thought. We're especially not going to give them thought saying anything in agreement with them. Right? We have what? The name above all names. You have the name above all names in every situation. Every situation. His arm is not too short to reach you. The name above all names. Luke 10:19 says, "I have given you the believer in Jesus Christ, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all Did it just say some? Nope, said all. All the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Okay, beloved, could you liken snakes and scorpions to harassing spirits? Yes, I would say so. You can liken those to harassing spirits. In verse 9, back in our scripture today, it says, The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, and he quotes the scripture. He quotes Psalm 91. It says, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to test, to the test. So you, here you have the devil quoting scripture. You gotta, be, you gotta be smarter than the devil. And Jesus quoted another scripture, 
and shut him right down. I'm not going to put him to the test. He wants, the devil wants you to question God's word or to use it incorrectly, to use it with the wrong motive. Let's put it that way. He wants you to question God's ability and willingness to help you in the challenges of life. He said, you know, you're going to strike your foot against the stone, right? So he, he wants you to question God's ability to help you, to make the mountains low, to set the crooked places straight. He wants you to question his, his heart to do that for you. So the, there are times when challenges come that we feel powerless. Don't sit there and tell me you've never felt powerless. You see, that's another religious stinking thinking thing. Everyone's too afraid in, in the faith movement to say, yeah, I felt powerless because, you know, you've been taught that that means you're weak or that that means that you're not standing on the word. Let's just get real. There are times when we feel powerless. We know different in our, our brain. We know we, and, and in, our, in our hearts, we know in our spirits, we know that God is more powerful than any, anything that comes against us. But at some times, sometimes we feel powerless due to whatever the unfavorable circumstance is. And that there are times, honestly, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. And it's, it, you just feel like it's barrage after barrage after barrage. It's like one thing right after the next, and you feel like you can't even get your breath. Any of you all ever feel that way? Yeah. Well, we can be tempted at those times to feel that God is not taking care of us, that he's allowing us to strike our foot on, on, a, on a stone. We can feel that way. We can feel that when we're facing the struggle that he's not providing. Yes, yes, yes. Even those really mighty believers that you know, those really wonderful, mighty believers that just walk through life and nothing ever phases them. They're so mighty and they're just so big in God that they're never moved. <laughs> Don't feel that way about anyone. You feel like they, whenever they face a doubt or whenever they face an uncertainty, they just go through it, just like Jesus walked right through the crowd that was trying to throw them off the cliff. And they're, they're just not even faced. Their boat is never rocked. Do you know anybody like that? Do you look at anybody that way? You know, their boat's never rocked, no matter what storm comes against them. Well, if you really have a thought like that about someone, you're idolizing them, for one. That's a problem. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to others anyway, right? But the other part of that is that's not true. Just because they hide it well doesn't make it so. A lot of people go through life hiding an awful lot. And you know what they really want? They really want someone to reach out to them and say, can I help you? Do you need anything? Hallelujah. Nobody's an island unto themselves. So it's a lie of the devil to look at those people and, and look at them in that way. So we, we have to say no to the harassing spirits 
that want to make us feel that God is not on our side, that he's not going to take care of us, that everybody else is stronger than we are, that our faith is not working because of the challenge that we're going through. Our faith is not working because we face trouble in our lives, that God has forsaken us. Those are all lies. Or that we've messed up so much and God is just fed up with us. We've messed up so much that we don't deserve God's help. See, those are all ways that harassing spirits talk to us. God did not say, if you mess up too much, I'm leaving. Didn't say that. I don't, I don't see that in my Bible. I see a Jesus who no matter how many times we messed up, no matter how many times we reviled him, no matter how many times he was persecuted, no matter how many stripes he had to take for us, no matter how many thorns got put in his head, no matter how painful the nails were that went through his flesh, I see a Jesus who said, I'd do it again, I'd do it again, I'd do it again, and I'd do it for every single one of you. Because there is no limit to my love for you. There is no limit to my peace for you, there, for my patience for you. There is no limit to my mercy for you. That's the God we serve. That's the God we know. That's your personal Savior. Wow. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Woo! He loves you with an unquenchable love. He loves you in ways that you will never realize until you get to heaven. And you're standing in the throne room, and his love is going to pour over you so much, and every fear is going to be melted away. Okay, now I'm really going over time, but I'm going to tell you something. When my brother committed suicide... There were so many people that said, he's in hell. Don't ever let anyone tell you that. Nobody knows the heart of a person. When my brother committed suicide, the Lord took me out of my body, transported me to to be with where my brother was. He was in heaven, and he said to me, one message, He said, tell them how much Jesus loves them. And let me tell you this. When I was there in the presence, in that presence, there was so much love that you couldn't even think about anything else. It was like you were totally cocooned in this love that you've never felt before in your whole life. You were totally surrounded by love, 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 love. Love will never go wrong. It's the message that Jesus died to give you. If you can't talk to any, anybody about any other message, 
Just tell them how much God loves you. Them. Tell them how much God loves them. You know what? That'll correct every issue. If they ever get that, if any of us could ever get that in our hearts, in our spirits, we'd never have another fear if we could just understand the love of God for us. Okay, that was something on the side there. But his mercies are new every morning. If you can't say anything else to somebody, say his mercies for you are new every morning. His loving kindness never fails. Beloved, you have, ne- you have not messed up too much to ever get beyond the love of God. So remember the scripture tells us, I, I, I was talking about weakness, wasn't I? A bit ago? I think I was, so we're going to get back on there. Anyway, <laughs> the scripture tells us then in our weakness, God's strength comes on the scene. So don't be afraid to be weak. To recogn- it is more important that you recognize the weakness than to try to hide it because then you, God can help you deal with it. So in this example here that we were, where he was quoting Psalm 91, it, w- it was referring to you know dashing your foot against the stone. That, now that can be healing, that can be physical, or that could be spiritual. It can be our, he can, he can attack us, harassing spirits can attack us in, in a physical sense and they attack us in a spiritual sense. You know, obviously God knows you're going to be weak because he wouldn't have put that scripture in there <laughs> if he didn't think you were going to be weak sometimes. He wouldn't say, in your weakness, I'm going to show up and be strong. So obviously he knew. So you don't need to be ashamed of a weakness. You don't need to be ashamed of that. Does that make sense? We don't need to put up all these false pretenses all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's death. False pretenses are death. We need, to, we need to get rid of that. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. This is Paul. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, not ashamedly. He's not in shame, is he? He's saying, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Beloved, We need to just rest in the arms of God. We need to just rest in the power of God and quit walking around every time we mess up and feel shame. We need to admit our weakness and we need to allow ourselves to rest in Christ. Just in case you didn't realize it, this is not a self-help gospel. This is, Jesus, help me! (laughs) That's what this is. And you know what he says? Yes, my beloved. Yes, my beloved. Yes, I'm here to help you. Every time. Every time. 
Okay, and I'm not going to prove it out to you today, but that thorn in the side that we were just talking about with Paul, that, those are harassing spirits. Okay, I've proven that out here in this church before on Wednesday nights. I'm not going to do it today, but if you want to go back through your scripture and look at every time the word thorn in the flesh, thorn, 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 every, if you want to look at that, every single time, it's a relational pers- a person. It is a harassing you know, persecution by a person, a human thing. It's not sickness like physical sickness. If you're thinking that, that's a, that's a wrong gospel. Okay, because Jesus never leaves sickness on us. I can tell that went over real big. But it's true, it's true. I will stand on that because it's in the word. So, when Jesus was in the desert... He defeated everything with the word. He knew his father. That's why we want to be intimate with our father. That's why we take time at the beginning here to just be intimate with the father, to just rest in the presence of the father before worship even begins. He knew his father, and he knew his father was always faithful. He went into the desert full of Holy Spirit just like you. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the very same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. He went to the desert with the same equipment that you have. And he still went through a wilderness. He still went through a desert time. He still had times of trial, he still had times of temptation, and he still had difficulty. He just didn't let it change who he was or what he knew to be true. He didn't let it change his testimony, right? And guess what? Nothing that he went through was through any fault of his own. Nothing. So there are going to be times. Now, we're not going to blame everything on the devil. We're not going to do that. Not going to allow you to do that. Sometimes you've got to face up that you did something wrong. But guess what? There's grace and forgiveness. But you are going to go through difficulty. Sometimes through no fault of your own. Just like he did. Just like he did. That should make you, make you feel better in a way, right? The point is that when the desert came, God sustained Jesus and brought him out. Jesus stood on the word, knowing his father. He was not moved off his faith. He did not let the devil convince him that he had no faith or any such thing. Harassing spirits come to steal your faith, to get you to doubt that you have faith. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. They come to steal the word, to kill and destroy your trust in your Father, to kill and destroy your belief in his goodness, in his willingness in his ability to take care of you in every aspect of your life. 
And if the devil came to harass Jesus, he's going to come to those who are in Jesus. If you're a believer, you're in Jesus, and he's in you. You are the devil's biggest threat. And you need to realize that. But Jesus has shown us the way to walk out of the desert, the way to walk out of the wilderness. We will not be moved. I will not be moved. You are not going to be moved. You are not going to be moved off the word. The rock of Jesus will not fail us, and we will not fall. Say, Jesus will not fail me, and I will not fall. So now, okay, you, you think I'm wrapping up? Who in here thinks I'm wrapping up? <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> because guess who we're going to look at now? We're going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So we're going to go to Daniel. Daniel 3. I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to start in verse 8. We're going to skip eight verses. <laughs> okay. At this time, some astrologers came forward. I'll try to read really, really fast, okay? So listen fast. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing fire. Furnace. But... There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage. Are you ever in a situation where harassing spirits you feel are furious with rage against you? Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So those men, these men, were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down, and worship the image I made. Very good. Do we live in a world that is screaming this to us all the time? Yes. You live in a world that is screaming this to you from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed at night. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. 
Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need, listen, these are beautiful words, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, like he was furious with rage before, and now he's even more furious. Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. Have you ever resisted the devil, and he came on with more fury than before? It says right here, his attitude changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Weren't there three men? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I did that way too low. <laughs> Look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Servants of the Most High God, come out! God has a come out moment for you! God has a come out moment for you! I'm saying it again. God has a come out moment for you! It does not matter what the fire looks like. It does not matter what the furnace looks like. Jesus is there with you, and he has your come out moment ready. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels. He sends angels to minister to you, beloved, who has sent his angel and reached, rescued his servants. 
He has rescue. No matter what the situation looks like, your God has rescue. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. That We would know that is the one true God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubber, rubble for no other God can save in this way. You have a God and no other God can save in the way that your God saves. So here we have, I'm going to just quickly, quickly, quickly run back. At the end of verse 15, it says, if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? The devil is always sowing, harassing spirits are always sowing seeds of doubt in your life. Always. They will never stop trying to do it. It's never going to change. He knows, the devil knows that's the only way he can win, is to get you in doubt and onto his way of thinking. What God will be able to rescue from this horrible situation? Our God. <laughs> the God I serve? Yeah, that's a really simple question, and I've got a really big answer for you. My God. My God. My God. My God. The devil wants to make your problem look bigger than your God. He wants you to hyper-focus on that problem as much as he can get you to hyper-focus on that problem instead of on him. He wants you to think about that problem. He wants you to eat, sleep, and drink that problem rather than think about him. He wants you to look at that problem 24-7 instead of looking at him. He wants to put your problem under a microscope and he wants you to see that and that alone instead of, instead of you resting in the love of your father for you. That's what he wants you to do. And you say, no way. Not on my watch. My eyes are looking up. My eyes are looking up. He wants to plant fear in you. He wants to say, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the fire's right there in front of you. How are you going to escape? Who do you think you are? He wants you to say, he wants you to look at that fire, and he wants you, in your, in your mind, this is what he wants, he wants you to say, that fire, no way, no, nothing can put that fire out. That fire is so hot. It is seven times hotter than it, it's ever been, and it is not going away. That fire is just going to be blazing and blazing and blazing. Nobody can put out that fire. That's what he wants you to do. And then he wants you to think, guess what? You're going in and you're going under. That's what he wants you to think. And you have another word for him, don't you? My come out moment, my come out moment, my come out moment. That's what God has for me. Rescue. My God is called my rescuer. In verses 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego rebutted him, rebutted the king, and they basically said, you know what, it really doesn't even matter what you do. You, you just go ahead, just do whatever you want to do, because I'm winning. See, we have a Jesus who already won. We have a Jesus who already finished the work. 
Daniel 3, 16 through 18. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O God. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I will not idolize your image. I will not idolize the fear that you're trying to put in my life. We are not going to even argue with you. I'm not even going to argue with you, harassing spirits. I'm not even going to give you the time of day. I'm not going to allow you to take any of my precious thought time away. We will not defend ourselves to you. Devil, I don't even need to argue with you because I've got the word. So here, take this. Take this. And you just quote the scripture. You just quote the scripture. And you say, that's my answer. That's my answer. The word has established it in my life. The word says this, and it is established. God will rescue us from your ill-gotten schemes, and even if he doesn't, we will not bow. I will not let my thoughts grovel in the mud with you. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to de- demote my thoughts to your place of existence. Not going to do it. This, this scripture is about not bowing because we all go through storms. We all go through desert places. But not bowing is our victory in Jesus. Okay? It does not matter how furious harassing spirits become. They can fight against us more furiously and we will stand our ground and not be moved. Our minds will not be changed. Verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Abednego, and throw them in the blazing fire. When the devil brought his strongest weapon against those men, when the devil brought his strongest weapons against those men who refused to bow to the harassment, God was stronger still. Hallelujah. God was stronger still. The devil's strongest men were consumed. They were consumed. And the angel of the Lord rescued the three men of faith. God never fails. Whatever tormenting spirit might be coming against you, whatever challenge, whatever difficulty you're facing, that is not your midnight hour. That's right. 
That is not your midnight hour. The midnight hour only comes if you give in to the tormenting thoughts of the devil. That's the only time a midnight hour comes. If you change your testimony, your confession, to agree with the devil. And King Nebuchadnezzar ordered that anyone of any nation or language who spoke against the one true God would be cut into pieces because no other God could save like our God. Beloved, any harassing spirit that comes to move you off the rock must go. And it's going to go today. Because we're going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to have a laying on of hands service for anyone who feels like they've been tormented by harassing spirits and is ready to say, I'm done. It's over in my life. Okay? So first I'm going to pray. And you all can agree in prayer with me. You can say your own prayer. Lord God, thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No darkness can stand against you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that when you are for me, no one can be against me. Thank you that you hold me in your loving arms. So right now, today, I say that I am done with the tormenting spirits that, ha that have been trying to attack my mind. I repent, first of all, Lord, I repent for not recognizing that there were tormenting spirits coming against me. I repent of that, Lord. I know you're Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you're always trying to warn us. You're always trying to, you're always talking to us. And I ask you, Lord, right now, to give me new revelation. Give me new revelation about the wiles of the enemy. Expose every harassing spirit in my life. Expose it to me, Lord. Give me Holy Spirit wisdom. And I thank you for your divine protection. You are my protector. You are my rescuer. I break in the name of Jesus every evil assignment against you. I break in the name of Jesus every evil assignment against me, against you, against your families. I break it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you crush the head of the evil one in my life, that you crush it. I stand in the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has won for me. I, am walk, I have walked through the veil. He purchased me with his blood. I have walked through the veil and I'm sitting in heavenly places with him and I have the name above every other name. The blood of Jesus is my covering. Thank you for that, Lord. You have made the blood 
I should have I asked you that if you wanted to pray a salvation prayer. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But I thank you for every believer that you have provided the blood that has covered me and that it speaks a better word. It speaks a better word than any darkness that tries to attack me. Every harassing spirit, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. And you have no right, no power, no authority in my life. So I command you at this moment to go in Jesus' name. I will not tolerate you anymore. I bind you and I command you to leave right now in Jesus' name. Amen.